Welcome to the August 2021 edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. Today we discuss the evolving macroeconomic backdrop in Canada and the rating implications for Canadian banks. I'm Kelly Bassett-Tom, Director and Analyst for the Canadian Sovereign Rating. I'm joined today by Mike Nuren, Senior Director for North American Bank Ratings. Canada's rating was downgraded in June 2020 to AA+, from AAA due to the deterioration of Canada's general government balance sheet confronting the COVID-19 pandemic. The federal-led fiscal response increased consolidated general government debt-to-GDP to 116%, which we expect to essentially stabilize under federal budgetary policies, reducing a few points to 113% by 2025. Market interest rates are currently low, and under medium-term real GDP growth expectations of one7 to 2% per year, and the federal and provincial government public financial outlooks, we expect Canada's public debt burden to essentially remain elevated and one of the highest in the AA category over the next five years. In June, we affirmed Canada's rating and the stable outlook. Canada's fast-recovering economy will post 6.6% growth this year, Unemployment dropped to 7.8% in June, 60% of the population is vaccinated, and cross-border commerce and flows will pick up as the Canadian-U.S. border reopens this month. Because Canada is already tapering asset purchases, the first G7 central bank to rein in its extraordinary monetary support, and the general government debt will remain elevated and steady, but we expect the peak debt increase of 2020 is behind us as the pandemic spending phases out this year and finally next. Canada's hot housing market and risk for financial stability has been a persistent credit theme over the past decade. The latest housing market price acceleration furthers this risk profile, but we've seen some cooling as potential buyers left the market facing affordability challenges over the last few months. Broadly, we view Canada's household debt service metrics as consistent with developed market peers and there are institutional safeguards in the Canadian financial system framework. However, we continue to monitor the Canadian housing market and vulnerability points for the sovereign credit profile. In July, Fitch's North American Financial Institutions team downgraded the operating environment for banks in Canada. We cited the level and growth of both public and private sector debt in the context of accelerating home price appreciation and growing mortgage debt. The action taken on the Canadian operating environment led in particular to the downgrade of the Royal Bank of Canada, one of the highest rated banks in Fitch's universe. So the question naturally follows, how do we reconcile the downgrade of the operating environment with Canada's accelerating labor market and economic recovery? That's a great question. Our assessment is focused on the long-term prospects for banking. You're right that in the short term, the banks, particularly the large banks, are in a good position to generate earnings and sustain adequate levels of capital and liquidity. But we see many of the current tailwinds as temporary. So, for instance, the economy has opened up. Fitch projects real GDP growth of 6.6% in Canada and 6.8% in the U.S. The labor market has recovered. Credit quality appears to be holding up. And as a result of this positive macroeconomic momentum, banks are able to draw down the significant reserves against credit losses that they built up during 2020. Just the drawdown of those reserves alone could boost earnings on average by roughly 1.8 billion Canadian dollars at the large banks. However, we expect that this benefit to provisions will largely play itself out over the next few quarters. 
Similarly, the supportive conditions for fixed income trading are showing signs of normalizing. Deposit growth has also decreased materially. So if we look through the current cycle at opportunities for banking over the longer term, we're seeing a landscape of elevated borrower leverage and vulnerability to rising rates. Mark, can you provide some context for Fitch's view of Canadian operating environment, especially given the much improved macroeconomic backdrop coupled with tailwinds from the strong U.S. economic outlook and the good news on the vaccination front? The downgrade of the operating environment for banks was primarily driven by the high level of private sector debt in the Canadian economy. And we believe that higher borrower leverage not only adds incremental credit risk to the banking system, but it also limits opportunities for bank business volumes in the future. Just to illustrate how Canada compares with other advanced economies, Fitch estimates that private sector credit has risen to more than 239% of GDP as of year-end 2020. That's nearly 50 percentage points higher than the next highest indebted advanced economy, which is Japan. There's also concern about the pace of the rising debt load. So as of the first quarter of 2021, households added about 100 billion Canadian dollars in debt over the prior year, growing their debt load about 4%. The steadiness of Canada's consolidated general government debt to GDP over 100% over the medium term is one factor for the stable outlook on the sovereign rating. How do public finances figure into Fitch's view of the operating environment for banks? The scale of government relief for businesses and households in the U.S. and Canada was exceptional, in excess of 20% of GDP. Those relief programs were instrumental in supporting the economy and, by extension, supporting asset quality at the banks. But it also raised the question as to the public sector's capacity to provide similar levels of stimulus during the next crisis. Increased fiscal pressure also increases the longer-term likelihood of higher taxation, which would negatively impact bank earnings and their internal capital generation. You mentioned interest rates. We typically think of a rising rate environment as beneficial for banks. How does Fitch weigh the benefit versus the risk of higher Canadian interest rates in this case? Higher interest rates would definitely relieve some of the pressure on net interest income. And under our base case, we continue to expect that monetary policy will be done prudently and with careful consideration of financial system stability. However, we would be concerned about a scenario where the Bank of Canada tolerates inflation for too long and then overshoots. In that scenario, which we don't see as likely, mortgage borrowers who took on debt at the rate trough this year and last year could face significantly higher rates at renewal and could potentially create credit quality issues at the banks. The reason household debt service declined from over 15% of disposable income in 2019 to 13.5% in Q1 of this year is because of lower rates. So when rates rise, we'll see a rebound in that share of disposable income dedicated to debt service. And that will be incrementally negative for credit, as well as consumption and non-mortgage financial services. Turning to the housing market, Canadian housing prices appreciated 38% year over year in May, following double digit increases during the first leg of the pandemic in 2020. How does this affect Fitch's view of the bank operating environment? 
The housing market is actually very important and has been something we've been monitoring for many years, given that home prices in Canada have increased more than two and a half times since the beginning of the millennium. Uninsured mortgages represent 16 to 39 percent of large banks' loan books, so these are significant portfolios. During the period of rapid home price appreciation back in 2015 to 2017, we took a negative view of banks that were rapidly growing their mortgage books, and this even led to some negative rating actions. However, our concerns were then alleviated by the effectiveness of macroprudential policies like the B20 mortgage underwriting stress test. The more recent rebound in home prices during the pandemic, however, again raises the potential for a hard landing for the housing market. This is not our base case scenario, as we already see signs of some moderation in the housing market. We're also encouraged by the bank's disciplined underwriting. Among homeowners, credit scores have actually improved as they have paid down their non-mortgage debt. The largest banks continue to report average loan-to-value ratios of 51% to 57% in their uninsured mortgage books, which means that the average borrower could sustain a large correction in values before going underwater. However, the housing market is something we will still have to continue monitoring. Mark, thank you for these insights. We appreciate you tuning in to the latest Fitch Ratings Fixed Interest Podcast. We hope you can join us for future editions. And for further inquiries, please visit our website, www.fitchratings.com.